I may have a blog, but I also have a podcast. You can call me a clown, but this is my circus. It's time to feel the rush. <laughs> right? Isn't that how the song goes? Is that the theme song? Wait, that Adriana sings? Yes! This is the only <gasps> franchise with a housewife that sings the theme song. <laughs> I forgot. Stacey, this is how fucked up I am because I started on four because you told me to and you were correct. Yeah. And now I, and then I blew through season one because I looped back, right? Yep. Blew through season one. Now I'm in the thick of season two. And I completely forgot that there is a theme song, which just goes to prove the the, the the hypothesis that was going through my brain the other day, which isn't a hypothesis. It was just the thought, when I finish the season three, I want to rewatch season four. Yes! I, when I did it, okay. <clears throat> hi, everybody. <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> We've, we've been keeping all of this in for this episode. Yeah, there have been a lot, like, we've been saying to each other, I need to save it for the show, I need to save it for the show. Uh, so now we can let it all out, so please. I mean, we are barely structured for our regular show, Gaylords of Darkness. Yeah. This, the ha- Real Housewives of Darkness, like, <laughs> n- no notes, nothing, like... No. I just want to talk about Housewives. The, the extent of the notes are like, I had to remember who the cast was for season four, so we wrote down their names. <laughs> That's literally the extent of any research. Yeah. So, uh, okay. At some point in my life, our good friend Alex West over at the Faculty of Horror, who also loves Real Housewives... We were talking about Real Housewives in general, and she threw out there, oh yeah, Miami's great. And so that was as far as the conversation had gone, And but I filed that nugget away. And then, I don't know if you listen to Gaylords of Darkness, but if you do, then you know that I recently got Peacock streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> it came with a red hat. <laughs> I got it so I could watch Real Housewives, because I don't have cable... But Peacock is airing new seasons, like, the day after they air on cable. So I can finally be current with my housewives. Is wild and unheard of. Like, I didn't know that was possible. Like, we, uh, we've we been buying seasons. <laughs> yeah. To watch them, like, the night of. So now, now the glory of Peacock, my friends. And so the first thing I did when I got Peacock was I recalled alex's words and i looked at real housewives of miami there's four seasons right it started in 2011 and there were three seasons and then it got canceled and so then there was an eight-year gap between season three and season four peacock picked it up for season four exclusive yeah and so i thought i will start with season four it's basically a fresh start and so I blazed through season four. I was like, oh, my God, is this the best franchise in The Real Housewives? <laughs> Which, to be fair, Stacy says every time she starts a new Real Housewives <laughs> franchise. I said, Anthony, Real Housewives of Potomac is the best franchise. Anthony, Salt Lake City is the best franchise. <laughs> and then I text Anthony and I say, Miami is the best franchise. <laughs> But look, those are the, I'm sorry, those are the three mothers. 
Yes. Like, I will forever go to bat for Atlanta, seasons like one through six or seven, etc. It's like some of the greatest housewives you're ever going to get. Yeah. But Potomac, Salt Lake City, and Miami are my three mothers. Uh, Beverly Hills will always be my gateway drug, my OG. Um, But also, like, as we've complained on the show and and with each other privately is like it's a lot of very guarded women talking about one thing for the duration of a season (laughs) (laughs) and on these other shows the three mothers shows i mean they they bring the drama (laughs) they are queens they are all so fucking funny potomac is so fucking funny i'm currently I'm in the reunion of season six, getting ready for it. So I'm sure season season seven's gonna come out any day now. Oh, you've you've passed me. I need to catch up. Yeah, and I'm just like, God damn, I love Potomac. Oh. <laughs> I love Potomac so much. Does the skull show any demonstrate like any reason to be there <laughs> at this point where you're at? I like that she's because she's a friend of. She's not a messy friend of. Friend of is a very uh, venerated position on Housewives. Yes. You're not a full-time cast member, and so you don't have to show any of your private life at all. You just get to go to all the events and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And so friends of, um, I think about New Jersey, Kim G., is one of the thirstiest, messiest people that has ever been on any Housewives. (laughs) A monster, but she was a friend of. And so she would just drop in, stir shit like you would not believe, and then bounce. A Skull, on the other hand, a Potomac, is maybe the one friend of who is the voice of reason. Okay. She doesn't understand the Housewives dynamics because she's not a housewife. And so she'll just be like... Why are you doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand why you have to do this every time you're here. And yeah. so I, I do appreciate that she serves that role because okay, in the housewives, because they can't break the fourth wall or they're not supposed to break the fourth wall, nobody will say, I'm doing this for the show. Yes. And so... Th- because no one can come out and say that, there's also no voice of reason who's like, why are you acting like this? Yeah, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they all have to, like, play into this parallel reality, I guess. Yeah, camera world. Yeah. So, while, uh, I guess to answer your question, she's fine. Okay, okay. I, no, I see that. I acknowledge that. <laughs> she's okay. She's fine. Yeah. I see that. I acknowledge that. I think where I was at in season six, right? Yeah. Um, where I was at with that one, I I just, I, I, I remember a skull, like, staying in that cottage with Karen and then, like, kind of getting absorbed into Karen's realm. And then I was mad because I was like, but you're Robin's friend. Why are you on Karen's side? <laughs> yeah. We hate Karen. We love Robin. Yeah. So, that's yeah. all I remember. I will say by the end of the season, I found myself liking Karen again. Because she, <gasps> she goes back to the Karen that I like. Where she's just like fun. And like she and Giselle kind of sort their shit out. Good, because that's the thing. When they're, like, really warring and Karen is really grasping for something, 
to come up against Giselle with, like, it's a, it's obnoxious. Well, and she lies about things. And... But she lives on another fucking planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, I was definitely pro-Karen by the end of the season. Pro-Karen? Wow, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. and you said you said that Giselle said that Karen and Ashley bring it this next season. Yeah, that's what uh, somebody asked them because she and Robin have a podcast. Our competitors, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody asked her, like, you know, who would say something about season seven. And she said that Karen and Ashley are the two people who really bring it. So. Wow. That's a big, for Giselle to say that, too. That's big. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. So, uh, Miami, so I watched season right. four and was, by the end of the first, by five minutes into the first episode, I was obsessed and texting Anthony yeah. saying this is the best franchise I've ever. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I was done with season four, I went back and watched one, two, and three while also sprinkling in some season four rewatches. Oh! Um, and I feel like that's a way to do it. Like season four is a great jumping on point for people who are new to the franchise because it's kind of brand new. But then you also can go back and see the history of these relationships. Yes. Well, and that's why I want I, I, I love hearing this because that's exactly why I want to loop back and rewatch season four is like now. Now that I know Lisa to be the absolute maybe gay angel that she is. Thank you. <laughs> I love her so much. Love of we, my life. You're Stacy's Maga Angel. Mama but we angel. barely get to see her in season four. It, a, a season in which like half of the cast are friends of, even though... I thought they were all main cast, and Lisa is not a friend of, and yet she's barely in the show, and has a very small storyline. So I, I just, I want to go back, and I want to be like, oh, Lisa, I remember you, and Adriana, now you're singing the th theme song. Like, I just, <laughs> I want to, oh, you know, I just want to, I just want to live in a Miami loop, because it is the ultimate franchise, it's so good. It is full of queens and Larsa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't like Larsa. That's another reason I want to go back, because I've seen Larsa in season one. I told you, get a neck brace ready. Because when oh. seeing her in season four, I had no frame of reference. And then going back to season one, she has had a full personality face and body transplant like it is so it is a frankenstein and whatever they've all had a lot of work done that's fine but i mean this is a full body replacement yes yes and so going back to season one when she came on screen i was like a full home alone again like slapping my cheeks <laughs> mouth open like that's larsa she was she was a skinny um unpleasant egomaniac narcissist who has no respect for her elders let alone elders who are witches bona fide <laughs> witches who hung out with fucking madonna because they're that fucking cool no respect and then at some point between 
one and four, like what she went off and became as part of her storyline, became friends with the Kardashians until they like had her returned. And they, (laughs) they put her in a Kardashian, like the Cenobite machine. They put her in a Kardashian machine. Yeah. She is a great value Kardashian. Yeah. 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 She shoots CDs out of her head and kills people with them. And then you go back to season one and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah, your personality is horrendous. But you look like Sarah Shahi, who was Carmen de la Pica, whatever, Morales from the L word. Yes! Yes! You look like her, and you're going to transform into a great value Kardashian? (laughs) Are you crazy? (laughs) And then when they ask her what she's had done, if she's had her ass done, because she has a badonkadonk, and then she just says she does squats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all of them, like, look, Lisa, I have talked about this on Gay Lords of Darkness, that I have a MAGA angel. <laughs> okay. I you do. alluded to the where I have alluded to my MAGA angel, and yes, and my MAGA angel is Lisa Hochstein. Okay. I'll admit it. I love her. <laughs> Absolute princess angel queen. <laughs> she really is! And so <laughs> I, I cannot... Uh, get the two sides. Like, how are you this absolute girl's girl, queen, angel, sweetheart of a person, and also have the shittiest MAGA tweets? That, to her credit! (laughs) (laughs) Before season four came back, she absolutely scrubbed her social media. So the only way you can see these things is... If you're investigating and typing into Google something like, I don't know, is Lisa Hochstein gay? (laughs) You might find her old tweets. Or if somebody, like, alludes to them and says, like, no, she's a MAGA weirdo. But, like, every bad MAGA tweet, she tweeted it. Like, why why is Colin Kaepernick taking a knee? Oh, no. Masks are tyranny. No. Like, yes, I'm telling you. And I cannot, like, get this to jive with the woman we see on the show. But then, but then, Stacey, you have, okay, so she's MAGA Angel. But then on season one and two, at least, and I think she's on three, you have Leah Black. Yes. Who is like, I love her. Absolute chaos witch. But who is the, like, democratic fundraiser of Florida. And yet... She's like feels much more conservative than Lisa, and is like f- friends with horrible MAGA drag queen and with Joe fucking Francis of Girls Gone Wild. Her husband is a defense lawyer, and yes, every person in the United States deserves to have a defense lawyer. That's fine, but he defends like he was Jeffrey Epstein's defense lawyer. Oh. He was William Kennedy Smith's defense lawyer. Joe Francis, every fucking, like, pedophile rapist that is out there, this dude defends, and they become friends with the clients. And so how do we rectify that with Leah Black being a Democratic fundraiser and being really anti-Trump and everything on her social media? It's insane. So I'm like, what is going on in Miami? It doesn't, it's, it's brain worms. It's, it's amoebas in the water. It's, everyone has heat stroke. Um, maybe the tan, suntan lotion. It's just, everything is black is white, down is up. Uh, MAGA is angel. Democrat is 
friends with absolute vile people. Like, I just... don't get it. And everyone is Cuban and amazing, and everyone is gay. <laughs> yeah, I listen. My detective agency is open. Okay. <laughs> Because Lisa Hochstein, especially in early stages, she is a, perhaps one of the housewives, if not the housewife, I find the most fascinating out of all of this. Given what she projects, what is actually going on in her personal life, and you don't need gay eyeballs to see all the gay. You know what? You're absolutely... And- Erica Jane and her tagline famously said she is an enigma riddled in, or what was it? An enigma, enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in cash or something? Yeah, wrapped in a riddle in cash. Soaked in the tears of widows and orphans. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dorit. <laughs> yeah. She, she, but I'm like, the true enigma wrapped in a riddle in cash is Lisa Hochstein. Yes. There's no, there's no riddle about Erica Jane. She's a monster. We know that. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> yeah says tweets that are monstrous but she is truly an angel so that's the real enigma and she's gay listen you know when she won my heart (laughs) i'll tell you when she won my heart was very early in i think episode one of season four when they were at larsa's party and they were all talking about larsa doing only fans (laughs) <laughs> and because some of them are like you're not getting paid that kind of money unless you're like doing porn on your only fans or whatever and some yeah. of them are like no only fans like they have people who do cooking shows on only fans like it's everything and dr nicole aka dr whitney from salt lake city <laughs> um said oh no no only fans is fine like you know i'd be the first person to say like oh that's really slutty and they cut to a shot of Lisa doing, like, a double take at the word slutty. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, oh, my God, she's pro-women, this one. She, yes! And as the season evolved in all of this, I was like, she is such a girl's girl on this show. She is. She loves the girls and supports all of them, and it's not a competition. And I was like, wow, see, wow. And then I was like, also, she's gay. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, especially when you go back to, like, season two, where she's at her gayest. And here's the thing. I know. Don't don't assume someone's sexuality. Well. It's interesting to me, let's say, that when she sees a beautiful woman she's not just like oh you're really beautiful oh i love this this looks great she says oh you're really beautiful i want to fuck you (laughs) and then she says no i'm serious yeah and then she'll be like no i'm serious she has said on more than one occasion i'm not a lesbian but but uh, she goes to watch Joanna play in a charity beach volleyball thing. There's men and women out on the sand playing volleyball in their bathing suits. Lisa's in the stand saying, I could watch these girls all day. Karen, who is with her, says like, oh yeah, isn't this really fun? And Lisa says, I'm not a lesbian, but I mean, come on, look at all of them. Oh my God, she says it so much. She says it so much. She clearly has... 
a raging I want to fuck you crush on Joanna Krupa. Oh, absolutely. She dabbles with it in season four, even. Now that we have an actual bisexual housewife and all the women are so fascinated by her. Oh, my God. And so I just say, Lisa, if you have to repeat consistently, I'm not a lesbian, but... Don't you, like, we have talked about this, but, like, don't you feel like all signs point to the problem is Lenny, who she is currently divorcing or is being divorced by, which is weird. All signs, her husband, Lenny, is known as the boob god. Like, he is the breast plastic surgeon in Florida slash the country. And... So much of her saga is, like, her being his trophy wife and then being essentially, like, made to feel bad because she isn't producing heirs. <laughs> and then her trying to, like, love him or whatever and, and do right or whatever. And then season four, her storyline is just, like, her struggling to to make it seem like she still likes him and asking people, like, oh, but isn't my husband cute and <laughs> stuff? I feel like the problem is Lenny, and I feel like I, I'm getting some some Richards itis, some Denise Richards itis, where it's like, girl, you're so gay, and the problem are these men, and you just gotta get rid of the dudes and just embrace the the les. Whatever that internalized, I don't know if it's internalized misogyny, or in you know, but there are so many, so many of these franchises. New Jersey, I think, is the worst offender as far as this goes. But very into gender roles. Oh, oh well, New Jersey, they're Italian. The famously misogynist. New Jersey is like, I gotta bring, teach my daughters, you know, how to make a bed because they're gonna have a man and they want their husband to be happy. <laughs> like, they'll just go there in New Jersey. But these other yeah. ones, it comes out. And so Lisa, in, you know, when she's going through her infertility struggles in seasons two and three, she says, like, the point of getting married is to have a family and I want to give him children and it's so sad to me <laughs> because it's it like is. it's so transactional and it's also like you know you have worth as a human being right outside of your like I want him to tell her that you are still a valid person you are still a valid woman even if you can't have children yeah Oh, I just saw I just saw the episode in season two where he's complaining about the not having kids, which once again, I love that this is such a common thread on these shows. This always comes up in like every franchise. There's a woman that has to deal with this with her husband. Um, But he's complaining about it. And then she's like, I feel like you don't care or understand or acknowledge the pain that like me having a miscarriage takes on the toll that it takes on me. And he's like, oh, no, I get it. It hurts me, too. And that's why I get upset or whatever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. No, you don't see her as a human being. And so I just, I, I'm like, girl, you could thrive as a lesbian. Just go for it. Oh, please. You're absolutely right. She is such a girl's girl. She's such a, she is not, she, I, it's, but it's like the internalized misogyny thing. Like, she doesn't have it, which so many of the housewives do even the coolest ones still have it and lisa just is like so she is so pro-woman mm -hmm. even even if lisa even if like you know karen 
Alexia when she's like, just drop the tea. <laughs> Karen, when Karen is like, you know, running around trying, like, showing up at every party and getting in everyone's face and being like, oh, I'm friends with weird German guy. And weird German guy invited me to his house, but you guys can't come. Like, when Karen is doing all of that shit and, and people are trying to, I think, rightfully, like, kind of warn others about her. Karen <laughs> uh, will go back and complain to Lisa, and Lisa's like, oh, well, that sucks. You're a good person. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. She, does, she just is not drawn to drama. She's, like, always there for her friend. Yes. To the point where in the season four reunion, when Larsa is like, I haven't had any plastic surgery or whatever. I only I just do squats. That's why my butt looks like this. <laughs> and then Larsa gets mad at Lisa for not backing her up. And Lisa's like, I'm not going to lie just to back you up. Yes. And she says that, like, not even on set. She says that, like, in the trailer in a conversation between them, like during a break. She's such a real one. So how is she Lady Maga? This is the thing. This is why she's so fascinating. When you watch 2012 and 13, Lisa, and then you fast forward to season four, where she's had way too many fillers injected in her face. And I say this because she has said the same thing herself and she is getting them dissolved. Well, it's wild, too, because she was like 38, 39, but I, I thought she was much older because of the fillers. Yeah, Lord. everybody thinks she's 10 years older. Yeah. Um, but you want, look at her in season two when she says to, the, to Leah, at least, if not the group, like, I haven't worked at all since I've been married and I feel like I'm losing my identity. And then you fast forward to season four, Lisa, where she has to fly her hairdresser to the Hamptons for the day. And she, like, is really leaning into this, like, trophy wife status because she's so unhappy in her marriage. Yep. And so it comes out in, like, I'm going to be a spoiled brat, (laughs) basically. Because here's the thing, Anthony, okay? Lisa brings this up in season four, that she and Lenny, he had an emotional affair. Oh my God, emotional affair. Right? And you watch them on the show and he clearly can't stand her. Yeah. Oh, he's just uh, repulsed by her presence. Yeah. And it's really sad and awkward to watch. Yeah, it's awful. But it feels like as a viewer going in and starting at season four, it feels like, oh, this just happened. Here's the thing, Anthony. The Stacy Detective Agency. <gasps> this emotional affair happened in like 2012, <gasps> which is during season two. <gasps> what? Because the woman he had the emotional affair with had a blog. She was also a reality star. She was on the Bad Girls Club. Oh, <gasps> you, yes, I remember you mentioning Bad Girls Club, but I didn't. Oh, but the dates, that makes perfect. Oh my God, tell me more. So it was that long ago. Now, all of this puts her infertility struggles, Lisa's infertility struggles, in a new light. If you read this woman's blog, and granted, a man will say anything to get into the pants of a woman he is trying to seduce. According to this woman and what she wrote on her blog, Lenny told her that he was going to leave Lisa that she was faking all of the infertility stuff because she simply didn't want to have children. I believe it. 
Now, this is 2012. We watched this all play out on Real Housewives. And she's saying, I just can't get pregnant. The surrogates can't get pregnant. I don't know what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. In season three, Joanna is intimating that Lisa's doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot. The timing of it all feels like Lenny was going to dump her. And then one of the surrogates gets pregnant. I don't want to say like she didn't have any infertility struggles. She was crying on the show and all of this. And is a blog from someone on the Bad Girls Club. The other woman, like, is that reliable at all? And is what Lenny is saying reliable? I don't know. But this, all of this emotional affair and everything happened 10 years ago. And so when you jump to season four and look at their dynamic, it's like, it's just really sad. Well, that's the thing. I don't think she wanted the kids. I don't think she did either. I think she felt forced to give him children. And I think she also was traumatized by miscarriage and by fertility stuff and all that. I think she just didn't want any of that. But that was how, like, that's what he wanted. And so she felt, like you said, she felt obligated as a woman in a marriage and in a marriage where she hasn't worked. She's the trophy wife. Yeah, but still in emotional labor rests. Of course. No, I'm just I'm just saying like she <laughs> yeah. she feels like oh, he bought me a car, I need to give him a child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she saw a better life and then she did what she had to do because she's a pragmatic queen. <laughs> and then now she's realizing this awful price. And then the saga of the show is her having to live through that. It's the the day to day, the Jean Dilmaning of Lisa. Thank you. And so, season five, <laughs> what is going to happen? Because they'll be going through the divorce in season five, I oh assume. Oh my God. So, you're telling me in season two, 2012, 150 years ago, when poor angelic queen lisa is trying to throw her goddamn lingerie party benefit for susan g komen and leah black is uh, is uh, is summoning (laughs) demons out of a cauldron to destroy the party she was also grappling with uh, lenny was having a fucking emotional affair in the background during all of that right i don't know in my make a wish wish lisa will embrace the inner lesbian she tries to suppress so hard and she will thrive oh i love that yeah you know stacy i never want anything to happen to you ever (laughs) and i never i never want to have to take you into the make-a-wish foundation and they're like they're like this is the kid you were talking about go go yeah yeah yeah, you're wearing a bonnet and i i have you in a little stroller and and you just keep saying goo goo yeah yeah and and i take you in and then and then they're like okay what's her wish and i'm like she just really wants lisa hockstein from real housewives of miami (laughs) to to embrace her gayness they'll be like all right we'll try (laughs) (laughs) we were hoping for disneyland but we'll we'll get right on that yeah. So that's my. I'm uh, really excited to, that the storyline's going to play out over season five, and I'm ready. Wow. Wow. I can't wait for season five. I am obsessed. Me too. I just. Obsessed. The, the sheer. What people don't know, listeners that don't know, this is not just Lisa. This is the gayest 
the absolute gayest franchise I have seen. We finally have a Real Housewife, Real Housewives franchise that, first of all, has a, a bisexual cast member who is married to a woman, but also gay men are not just the like sassy hairdresser accessories for women like gay men are afforded the chance to be real people yeah Uh, it is there are women who come to question their own sexuality uh there's lisa jumping in on that when she can (laughs) it's just like oh my god finally some actual gay substance on real housewives that isn't just Oh, Denise and Brandy. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Beverly Hills queens fucking clutching their pearls. Exactly. Over the idea of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on on Miami, everyone's fucked. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows who's gay or gay leaning. They're all like, there's a there's a fucking drag queen that they all hang out with all the time, and she's unbearable. She's awful. She's awful. Also a maga, but not an angel in any way. Uh, starts a ton of shit. But like, even that, uh, did I fall in love even more with Lisa when Lisa's like uh, uh, Elaine, Elaine Lancaster, the horrible drag queen. Who is, is just is trying to be like a busted lady bunny? Uh, <laughs> Elaine is start trying to start shit with Marisol because Elaine wants a storyline on the show, so she's trying to start shit with Marisol, who is a goddamn perfect queen <laughs> and can do no wrong. And uh, and Lisa looks at them fighting, and Lisa says, "What's going on between these two ladies?" And I'm like, she just called Elaine a lady. And then you get Mama Elsa. Oh, we haven't even talked about Mama Elsa. I know. The whole reason for the literal season. Uh, Mama Elsa is like, uses she, her pronouns talking about Elaine. And I'm like, it's a drag queen, but they're getting the pronouns right. I love mm-hmm. these women. There's uh, the bitchy trans woman socialite who gets into it with Elaine. Oh, I haven't met her yet. You'll meet her, and it's just like, oh my god, this is so diverse and gay-friendly and all of this. How are so many of you registered Republicans? (laughs) How are all of you Republicans? (laughs) And or or if you're cool, happen to be married to dark money lawyers. (laughs) Nicole. Yeah, so as a gay viewer, I felt like, oh my god, at last... Like, it's been long overdue for one of these franchises. And let me tell you, Julia. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Julia is our bisexual housewife. She is Miss USSR, like, 1980-something. Like, USSR. Yeah, that should should date date it for you. She's fucking Miss USSR. She has a... Every woman on this show also has absolutely tragic backstories. Like, yes. nobody has had more tragic lives than these women, um, and they're still fucking amazing. She's had a tra- traumatic backstory. She's she's now married to noted Twitter turf Martina Navratilova <laughs> and tennis champion and tennis painter. <laughs> yeah. Who has a fucking art show of paintings that she's made by throwing tennis balls covered in paint at canvases. <laughs> And also has maybe decorated her car through the same... That car is a nightmare. (laughs) 
Martina Navratilova's art car. <laughs> like, I texted Stacy early on and told her, I was like, if you told me that, like, by episode three, I would be seeing Martina Navratilova's art car and her tennis-based <laughs> art show in an episode of The L Word. <laughs> Because season four, it fully becomes the L word. Like, oh my god! Like, I'm like, I, I don't, I have been feeling the L word call for years. Like, we've been, we've been flirting with doing our own L word podcast, and like, then they did the new L word generation Q with Rosie O'Donnell and the haircut, and like, <laughs> I, I don't even need to watch that. I don't even need to venture into that. I don't even need to bust out my old DVDs of L word because I have season four of Miami. It's insane. Like, it is straight up L word. Julia is Marina. She's in a predatory, domineering relationship with Adriana. Not predatory, but just domineering. With Adriana, who is kind of her Jenny. It's just, it is unreal. (laughs) I don't care if Adriana is pretending at all of this for a storyline. I don't care. I love Adriana. I'm obsessed. She is willing to play the vi- the villain on this show she is pure chaos <laughs> i love her she sees the line and willingly steps over it all the time and she and julia have one of those weird friendships between women where the line between friendship and romance like you skirt that line and it to me It gets to be too much when Julia is on her knees proposing a friend proposal. Like, I have to look away because I get too embarrassed. Or when they had their notebook moment in the rainstorm. Oh, my God. They're they're sitting outside having a date at a restaurant, but on the patio, it starts raining. And they're, like, like holding each other's hands. The rain is dumping on them. They're just soaked wet. And it is absolutely a love scene. Pledging their eternal love to one another. (laughs) How they taught each other to love more fully. Yeah. I get so embarrassed. However, there are moments where I'm just, like, it feels so genuine. Because that is often how relationships, romantic relationships between women happen is they have friendship can come first a lot of the time and you get really close to one another and the next thing you know you're doing it and like unto marina of the l word who yes did uh have a nervous breakdown after season one (laughs) had to sell the cafe and then had to (laughs) flee and join the circus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i fucking love marina so much i'm so bad they wrote her off but um like marina julia has just that draw she yes. has that terrifying eastern european charisma and draw that just pulls you in yeah and you are you are trapped in her web and you love her uh the the proposal what the fuck Everyone is hanging out. Oh my like, god. They're all at the... I'm getting... I'm, I'm getting like... <laughs> my cheeks are hot just I thinking know. about it. I am... My whole... I can feel my... All my nerve endings and like <laughs> micro muscles tightening. <laughs> it's actually really uncomfortable. I'm profoundly uncomfortable thinking about this. Everyone's at dinner. Gertie is doing what Gertie does best, which is she... she Gertie throws parties and she's a party planner and like she's really good at it. So she'll be like... I want that chair over here and that chair over here and move that chair out of the way. Like she's just, she, so she's doing that. 
And then when she isn't throwing parties, she is um. Well, or well, when she isn't running the party, she is she is taking over somebody's party and making it about her and emotionally holding everybody <laughs> hostage. And so they're at this party. She's Gertie's holding everyone emotionally hostage and like starting a giant fight, and everyone's you know having a meltdown. And then all of a sudden, like Marisol or somebody just looks over and they're like, "What the fuck?" And you just see Julia literally taking a knee in front of Adriana. Oh my god! While all this other drama is happening, and they're just having their fucking love story and she pulls out a ring and all of these women are just like not surprised but also terrified (laughs) and i just love it it is completely insane uh you have to wonder how martina feels about all this (laughs) because it's a lot (laughs) when they oh my god when they when Audrey, when Julia washes Adriana's feet, because it also must be said, Julia has a farm and she's really proud of her chickens and eggs. She'll show up to parties with a hostess gift as eggs and she's a farmer. It's, it's bonkers. Adriana wears the wrong shoes, gets her feet dirty in like the chicken shit. And so Julia washes her feet. <laughs> Gertie, while throwing a birthday party for Julia at her house, then announces to Martina what has happened. <laughs> Martina starts like kind of confronting Adriana and then it turns into Gertie having a fight with Adriana which then turns into Julia who has denied anything happening between them and Adriana denied anything happening to them to Martina's face then Julia comes up and to comfort Adriana starts kissing her in front of Martina (laughs) yeah Martina's like how come I never get a foot massage You know how many times she's washed my feet? None. What are you, the Pope or something? (laughs) (laughs) So you have to wonder how, okay. And Julia is just like, I just don't limit my love. I have love for everybody. (laughs) Men, women, gay, straight. I just want to have love and life with everybody I see. <laughs> Love and chicken eggs. Love and chicken eggs. And I'm like, when are you going to reach into your pocketbook and pull out uh, uh and start reciting Thus Spake Zarathustra just like <laughs> Marina does to Ginny? <laughs> when is this gonna happen? Because it's I am literally watching the L word and I am in love. And then Lisa Hochstein is like, you know, Julia could literally seduce the pants off of anybody, right? <laughs> starts flirting with her yes <laughs> it's, amazing. it's amazing so that's why i do wonder though like is it like how much are they playing up for the show or whatever because it does feel like julia you are married and you have to know well she says i would never cheat on martina i love martina <laughs> i will be with martina for the rest of my life but then, but then Adriana shows up to her own art show, uh, Martina's art show that she is running because Adriana's arguably a gallerist. Then she shows up with her two dates who are men. And then Julia proceeds to like shoot daggers through her Ooh. eyes. Yeah, she at, was really jealous. At everyone involved. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean... I, I hear you, but I am also, I feel that it is real. I feel that it is real. I feel that Adriana, what I have learned about Adriana in season four, one, and two, 
is that Adriana is a magical chaos sprite from another realm. She is from another dimension, and she is she like into Tinkerbell or something. Like she is going to flit around and create chaos, and uh, like I think the other day I likened her to little Alessa Gillespie dancing in the blood in Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, like that's just who she like. She is carefree. She's gonna whistle and skip and dance in the blood, and she just does her. I love her. I'm obsessed. It's. Like I told you off the air, it's really hard for me to think about her in a rational way. Like I can't judge anything that she does rationally because when I went back to season one, two, and three and she had her black hair, she's Brazilian. Season four, it's dyed blonde, but I went back to the season where she has black hair and I'm just like, she is so stunning that I cannot think about her rationally. I'm... (laughs) I'm too taken with her beauty. Your eyes just go white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am full the beyond in the middle of the road. She could murder somebody and I'd be like, oh my God, I love it. I love her. <laughs> Last night, I watched the lingerie party, the two-part lingerie party massacre meltdown, which oh. you warned me was worse than the Mother's Day massacre in Salt Lake, and you're correct. Worse and better. I mean, it's... Oh, oh Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's just screaming at everyone like there is no fighting in my house and then everyone just proceeds to continue to fight and make it more and more worse and then and what happens I see Adriana punch Joanna in the face and I'm like oh I like her I like Adriana this is the you know what I don't like it when women on these shows get violent with one another like the the, the Potomac season five or whenever the fight was awful between Candace and Monique. I can't watch it. It makes me so uncomfortable. I hate it. Yeah. Well, Monique almost murdered Candace. Yeah, she would have if she'd been left up to her own devices. She went full T-1000. Yeah. Yeah. However, and this isn't just because I think she's beautiful. Okay. Okay. But Adriana turning around and punching Joanna, my heart soared. I can't. (laughs) I don't like Joanna. I think she's really vile and one of the most toxic people that's ever been on any Housewives. She's a lot. Adriana tried to walk away and de-escalate, and Joanna followed her, was going full Karen, like, you wanna, you think and then Adriana just turned around and punched her, and it was so hot. <laughs> I was like, oh, my Brazilian queen. A Brazilian Avenger. I, I, I'm happy to hear you say that. I See, I'm like, violence is not the answer, you know? I'm that girl. I'm like, peace, man. Um, but I'm also, and maybe it's because I'm generationally somewhat further away from the new kids today. But I'm also the mindset that, like, sometimes people just need to be slapped. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not going to endorse the Monique Candace. That was awful. That just, that's, it's too far. But, like, sometimes people go off for all the wrong reasons and they won't, they can't see straight. And sometimes, like, the, the, the Will Smith slap, the, the slap of Chris Rock. I was like, I'm very Team Jada. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, why are we not talking about the fact that, he needed to be shut up. <laughs> so, 
So uh, sometimes I say it's the answer. Sometimes violence is the answer. And in this case, you're absolutely right. Adriana had to do it. And she looked stunning as she did. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> I was like, would I mind if she slapped me like that? Probably not. I, I want to like Joanna because I really, until I saw how toxic things were with her and her sister, I really loved their bond. Mm, mm-hmm. And I really like Marta, her sister, and I thought my problem with Joanna was just that Roman is a piece of shit. And then now I'm like understanding, oh, she has a severe drinking problem and it literally turns her into an absolute monster. Uh, and it's a, and like just how much she would not let up at that party. And then to the point that she's coming after Adriana just for like confronting Karen about Karen being too intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, just wait until season three. There's a... Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I love this show. It's so good. It's so good. There's so many angels. I just, I feel like we've covered so much ground, and yet there's so many more angels to talk about. I mean, we cannot not talk about Alexia. Thank you. Goddess? I am going to commission... (laughs) No, no, I'm not going to commission... I need to go back in time... So, okay, I I grew up Catholic, so I know this stuff. I need to go back in time to when Juan Diego first presented the the shawl of um full of roses to the to the priest so that he could get a temple built in honor of the Virgin Mary who had who he had been seeing. And he presented the shawl and as he, he he showed the roses that he collected in the shawl to as as proof of her sign of miracle that she wanted a temple built there in her honor or church, whatever. Uh, as he presented forth the shawl and the roses spilled out, the shawl revealed an image of the Virgin of Guadalupe. And that's where that image came from. But I'm gonna go back in time and I'm gonna ask Juan Diego if he could change it to be Alexia. <laughs> Because she is an absolute, she is the closest thing to a holy mother. I mean, I thought, I thought Denise Richards was the mother of all humanity. Alexia is a saint. She really is. I love her. I love her. Part of her season, her season four storyline, a lot of it is about coming to terms with the fact that her late ex-husband was gay. And the way she handles it is like, I mean, even Marisol says it on the show, like, I can't believe how she's handling this. Like, it is, no one could possibly handle it better. It's not like gossip. She holds no ill will. She wants to meet the man that he was having an affair with i don't know if it was actually a boyfriend or just what if they were just lovers or whatever she wants to meet him yeah she's like i just want i want to know that he was happy because he had to hide all of this like i can't imagine so many other housewives and women in general and people or whatever would be like oh my god i can't believe he was lying to me the whole time we were married Instead, she's like, I know that he loved me, but my God, how sad for him that he had to hide this part of himself. Yeah. And then that she can, she meets with him or like she goes to meet with him and he ends up not like standing her up. But then they call and talk to each other for four hours. And she reports back to her front to Marisol and her friends. Like, she's like, I am just happy to know that he had love. 
And that's informed by, oh, I'm getting, like, teary thinking about just how much of a fucking angel she is. But, like, that she, that's, that, that empathy is informed by the fact that her father was gay. And then on top of all of that, so dead gay dad, dead gay husband, um, her, one of her sons is a hooligan and always in trouble, but she's doing her best to look out for him. It was just a little enabling here and there, but still. And then her other son in season, like she's a friend of in season two because her son Frankie was in a horrible car accident, suffered a traumatic brain injury. And you see that she is by his side. She went off the show to be literally his constant caretaker by his side in that season. Continues to be and is still doing that. It's still her life in season four. She's a devoted mother. She's incredible. And she's stunning. (laughs) (laughs) And she's a businesswoman. And she cares about people. She gets an award at Pride. Nobody knows what it is. (laughs) She gets it. And I love her. I just can't believe the stuff with the husband, like, doesn't become gossip among everybody. Because, partially because that's just this group of women. But also partially because of just the way she handles it. Oh, you know Beverly Hills. Oh, my. It would be a season long. It would be the topic for an entire season. You look at the way season four ends with a memorial service for Alexia's mother, who died of COVID in the hospital on the day that Alexia was supposed to get married to her new man. On her fucking wedding day, which was also Mama Elsa's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, you know, they keep saying on the show that Alexia's life is like a telenovela because it is. Yeah. Anything bad that can happen has happened to Alexia, basically. But the women hold a memorial service for the mother back at, and first of all Lisa Hochstein shows up in a skin tight green dress <laughs> <laughs> everyone's in black and everyone's in black dress. and she walks in and she's like oh I should have worn black <laughs> now I feel like a fucking asshole <laughs> yeah. yeah but they all like send Alexia's mother off with like well wishes and prayers and candles and all of this And I just think about the contrast between that and Salt Lake City season two, where Meredith's father dies. And Detective Whitney is like, when was the memorial? Did she say that she was at the memorial on this day? Well, then how come she was over here on this day? Did she die Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, like nobody (laughs) afforded Meredith like the slightest amount of grace. Lisa Barlow's calling 16 lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While her best friend is grieving and at a memorial. Yeah. And so I just look at Miami and I'm just like, my God, these women are fucking queens. Well, it's because they're Latina, right? Like, I mean, not to say that um, they're better, but they are. <laughs> Also, there's actual friendships. Like, at one point, Marisol kind of starts shit with Nicole, and they go at it or whatever, and Nicole tries to turn it around and be like, well, Alexia, Marisol, Alexia said this about you. And Alexia is like, look, Marisol and I have been friends for 20 years, and you're not going to get between us. Yeah, you can't say anything that will come between our friendship or jeopardize it. Yeah, the end. And so it's like, even, you know, even though Lisa wasn't like, um, you know, in the thick of things or whatever, but it's like, they've known her since 2011, 2012. Like, so many of these friendships on this franchise are a decade plus long, which Mm -hmm. we don't get 
a lot of on the other franchises. Yes. No, no, and when you do, it's 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 tainted by like that Hollywood bullshit. Once again, Beverly Hills, Lisa Rinna's been close friends with Denise Richards for like 30 years. Mhm. They've been working together in colleagues for 30 years. And Lisa Rinna exposes her, throws her away, and just completely is completely two-faced with her. To the point that Garcelle, who has also been friends with the two of them for 30 years, is like, what the hell did you do? Why did you do that? And spends the next season keeping Lisa on parole. Because <laughs> yeah. she's like, I can't trust you because I've seen how you treat your friends of decades. But these women, there's a cultural um, difference in their values. I think Adriana and, to a lesser extent, Ashley Darby on Potomac are the good Chaos Angels. Yes. Versus Lisa Rinna, who is just full Chaos villain and doesn't... Yes. ...is incapable of having anything else. Like, Ashley, I think I said it to you, is like her only true allegiance is to Chaos. But she can be (laughs) friends... With anybody on the show, she can be cool with them and chill, and you'll just see her in the background, like, you can watch her filing information away. Smiling and plotting. Yeah. And Adriana has all of these friendships, but will also be like, Larsa, I saw Cayenne West penis. (laughs) Because she kept calling him Cayenne instead of Kanye. And so she'll just start shit for the fun of it because she literally thinks it's fun. Yeah. But but she also, even her and Julia have been friends for five or six years or something. Yeah. And I think Lisa Rinna has just gone so far that she's incapable of connecting with anybody on a real level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also like, it's just a different world because it's like... It's Hollywood. L.A. Yeah, Yeah, L.A. Like, we, everyone knows what L.A. is like. It's toxic. Everyone's just fighting for themselves. You're going to step on anyone, even your friends, to get to the top or, you know, to get to your Depends ad or your QVC commercial. But then these women in in Miami, like, they also have a cultural value of, like, family and tradition. And so you're not as willing to throw things away because you kind of, there's an understanding that you're all in it together. In the words of Elisa Hochstein, real queens adjust each other's crowns. Oh my god. How is she manga? How is she manga? It's such a mystery. Can I still marry her even though she's manga? (laughs) This is the question I ask myself every morning. If she came out, but she was still manga, what would you do? That would be so tough because it's like just <laughs> the way she acts just is the antithesis of all of that. And so for the time being, I have decided to blame it on her husband, who is very MAGA and gives a lot of MAGA type. You see it happening. Like you get little glimpses of it from time to time. It just kind of peeks out. And so for now, I'm going to blame it on him. We'll see how she is in season five. Yeah, yeah, season five is gonna, I think that's gonna shift a lot, um, or it will define a lot. Okay, I have one more question for you. Okay, season two, Lingerie Party Meltdown Massacre. So, it's not even then, it's like even before that, but it's it's a through line throughout, like, Elaine Lancaster, a busted lady bunny, (laughs) 
is is create manufacturing the storyline that something happened on a red carpet she got snubbed or thrown out of this gig or was not allowed to come in and drag or something to the black gala or something it's something happened between season one and two because when we meet marisol she's like high powered pr queen she runs her group her company she always does leah black's gala and the red carpet every year and then in season two suddenly that has changed because something has happened we find out that elaine has this issue with marisol blames her for not being allowed of the thing whatever and then it keeps going back and forth mama elsa gets involved um, it culminates basically in the, the lingerie party with Elaine throwing somebody into a pool, which then splashes the DJ booth, which then shuts down all the music and the fun at Lisa's event. Lisa's traumatized. It's very upsetting. Uh, Joe Francis is there for some reason. It makes everything worse. Like Leah Black just pulled everything she could out of her bag of tricks. and just, <laughs> yeah. it, She was like Willard releasing the, the rats on the party. Or Carrot Top. Or Karen, she was, she's, yes. And she is a comedian as well. She loves loves to laugh, which I love about her, honestly. But, so all this is happening, but I'm like, I swear to God, in the very first episode of the second season, or whenever this was first brought up, Elaine is talking about it, and Marisol is like, just very flatly owning up to it. And then it cuts to Leah Black, and Leah Black is like, oh, I could help Marisol and say more about what's really going on, but then I'd incriminate myself. And then it really comes off like Marisol is just absorbing all the blame and and has Leah Black's back. And then suddenly in every episode after that, Leah Black is now like, well, it's Marisol and she's shady and is not addressing any of this. Does this come up at the reunion? Is it ever answered? Do you know what is happening? It kind of plays out across the entire season like marisol and leah have a huge falling out they argue about it all of this but i don't feel like we ever really know what happened because they never actually say what happened no early on it feels like elaine is intimating that she was thrown off of the red carpet and she's kind of it feels like she's alluding to it being because she was like a big drag queen Right, like that was drag. Yeah, that was the vibe that I got. But you don't ever find out really what exactly happened. And so Leah is like, "You ruined my event to Marisol," and Marisol's like, "What are you talking about? That's you're going around slandering me and my company." Yeah, but nobody will say like exactly what happened. No, and then Marisol even said, like, in that early episode, Marisol's like, oh, well, that was not my decision. Yeah. That was told to me to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and the way that she's, like, gently talking around, it really seemed like Leah Black was uncomfortable with having Lady Lane in drag at her own event. But then she still threw her out. But then Leah Black coming back with this thing about not incriminating herself, it just felt like... I'm so confused. I don't think you can... This is the thing, is I don't know that we can trust Leah Black ever. Because she always... People will have conversations with her and be like, Leah, Marisol said that you said this. And she'll just say, well, that's not true. Everything that you come to come at her with is, well, that's just not true. That is just not true. Like, that's... And so she just... 
I don't know if she's ever telling the truth, but she seems like she is. So I don't know. I never know what to think. And like I told you, I believe everybody all the time. So I do, I'm always confused. But I... Lisa. I, hmm? Yeah. Oh, no, please. Talk about Lisa. Lisa talking... <laughs> Describe her in detail. Lisa talking to Leah Black... I actually really liked the two of them. Like, it seemed, honestly, I felt like Leah Black showed up to the lingerie party and was like, I'm going to release my rats and I'm going to see how she holds herself. Yes. And I feel like it was a test. Yes. Because she did not, she like did not think that, she thought this was a stupid party that Lisa was throwing, this breast cancer benefit for Susan G. Komen. She thought it was a stupid party. She's like, oh, I'm probably not going to be able to make it. Lisa says, like, oh, well, I'm bringing 800 people. Leah's like, 800 people? <laughs> and then she suddenly shows up. But I feel like she really wanted to, to – it was a crucible, like, by fire. She's going to test her and see how she does. And then she says, oh, well, okay, she held herself pretty well. She made the party still happen. She still raised all this money. And I unleashed seven devils and plagues upon this party. <laughs> yeah. So, and then she's, they kind of have a moment of like, oh, well, we like each other. Oh, mm. I like you. And Leah even says like, no, I like you, Lisa. Or Lisa says, I'm starting to like you more. I'm starting to get you. I didn't get your sense of humor. I just thought you were bitchy. Um, and Leah's like, oh, well, I liked you from the beginning. And it's like, no, you didn't. No, you, you didn't. Snubbed, you immediately snubbed her at the party, just like Bo was saying you did to him. <laughs> like... And you were, like, saying, oh, she's cute. Or, like, you were really kind of misogynist and demeaning to Lisa just based on her appearance and based on the fact that she was married to the boob god and took the better house on Star Island. Wait wait until season three when it's gang up on Lisa time. And, no! And Joanna and Leah really go in on her about, uh, you know, no! about the fact that she doesn't work. Jo- fuck Joanna! Lisa has always had her back. You can tell Lisa's oh, really, hurt, really hurt by it. Oh, no. So I just, I feel, yeah, it's so obvious that Leah Black is full of lies. A box of lies. And yet I also <laughs> love her. Oh, she's highly entertaining. That passive aggressiveness and how much joy it brings her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's just incredible. Yeah. Like when they go to the art gallery and a photographer has taken a portrait of Adriana and hung on the wall and Adriana's really proud and is like, look at my portrait. And Leah's like, oh, how much Photoshop did they use? <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think Leah likes you as long as you do exactly what she says and you feel beholden to her in some way. Yes. She, she is the terrifying PTA mom that... That has a charisma and you want to like her, but then you realize there is a horrifying darkness within. (laughs) Yeah. Like I told you, she is an angel wrapped in a devil. And so it is alluded to, or no, it's Andy straight out says in season four reunion, right? She's coming back. She gets brought up because apparently she is the one who called Lisa when news of the divorce broke and was like a very supportive friend. And then everybody else was like, oh, God, Leah Black. I think she's going to have some cameos in season five, from what I've heard. I, oh, man. I, I'm, here's, okay, here's my season five wish list, and I'd like to hear yours, too. Get rid of Larsa 
Absolutely. Bring back Leah. Oh, yeah. That's the entirety of my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Gertie should have her own show that is about party planning. Yes, yes, that'd be great. I don't know that she meshes in with the group really well, but it was her first season, so maybe she'll, we'll see how she does. Yeah. Uh, season five. Yes, absolutely. Get rid of Larsa, bring back Leah for some chaos. I would love to see Leah and Julia. What's that dynamic going to be like? Oh my god. Oh my. Well, especially if, if they battle over who gets Adriana. Well, no. Oh, really? Oh, she, after season three? After season three, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Some things happen in season three, and I'm curious to see what you think of them. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's good shit, man. Other season five wish, Elisa Hochstein finds a girlfriend. Yes, thank you. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> Julia could, like, take her to, like, a gay party. Like we do. Yeah, one of, one of our gay parties. One of our gay parties. <laughs> she takes her to a gay party. Maybe Alexia's getting another award. And then they take they take Lisa there, and then Lisa meets a, a woman that um, helps helps console her through the, the trying time of a divorce. Please, God, if you're out there. And no Larsa! No Larsa. I can't stand Larsa. I'm telling Mama, Mama Elsa is ev- literally everything, and seeing Larsa call Mama Elsa a bitch, I know, and saying, not like refusing to shut up over the fact that she doesn't believe in psychics, and then also seeing that Mama Elsa predicts in ten years she wouldn't have her money and she wouldn't have her man mm-hmm. and then oh look at season four it came true mm-hmm. <sighs> well well would anybody listen to this if they haven't seen it my god though if you're a housewives fan and you haven't watched miami treat yourself treat yourself to one of the three mothers we've all been through enough haven't we these last several years right and this i mean it's been a it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been a year, it's been years, but this is the most soothing balm that I have found. It's like dipping yourself in Vaseline or something. Oh my god. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Is that your is that what does it for you? No. <laughs> just a, drawing a nice bath of Vaseline and just Dipping yourself into the... Nothing like a little petroleum jelly at all. The crevices and cracks. Oh, no! I apologize. <laughs> Lisa, if you're listening, I'm not into petroleum jelly unless you are. In which case, show me the wonders. Well. Man, I'm so ready. I'm ready for Potomac, season seven. I'm ready for Salt Lake City, season three. How is Salt Lake only going to be season three? It feels, oh like, it, it feels like one of the longest running franchises. Right. It's it, I, They went straight to season 12 in, in, in season two. And I mean, the fact that Jin Shaw pled guilty and is literally in like a, a tribunal. <laughs> 
I just can't. Lisa Barlow and Whitney teaming up? They are like besties now, and I can't wait. That is that is the way it should be, is those two as besties. Oh, I, I, listen, I, mm, I have a friend that's starting, um, uh, Salt Lake, and they're like, love Heather. And I'm like, uh, yeah, wait we till all did. we all did until the reunion when she really shows her ass every time. Uh huh. And then I know, uh, oh, Lisa Barlow. I mean, what for me? Some of the greatest flips in terms of my allegiances was Dorit and that, and then Lisa Barlow. Yeah, love them, but I mean, <laughs> can I just say <laughs> that is the chicest wind chime I have ever seen? So the tumbler it keeps things hot. And it keeps cold things cold. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so between that and piece of shit garbage horror, I mean, the ultimately quotable Lisa Barlow, I love them. Yeah. And Lisa, Lisa and Whitney, that, that's a match made in heaven. I'm so excited. I already feel such peace. Because, right. like, Whitney was an early fave for me. Lisa, I started liking at the end of season one. But they were at odds all the time, and so just them teaming up is like... It's like Karen and Giselle teaming up again. You know what I mean? Yes. Like this, Two powers. Yes, like join forces, you know? Yeah. Don't butt heads. Exactly. Together, Together. We could rule the galaxy. Real queens adjust each other's crowns. Okay. That's what it's all about. Okay. In the words of the wisest... <laughs> this crush will fade will it no i love her uh, <laughs> until she's like doing a selfie from the voting booth look if you look at her instagram her pictures are so filtered she looks like fucking final fantasy the spirits within or whatever like she just looks <laughs> She doesn't even look like a real person because she filters them so much. I don't care. I love her anyway. This is what Housewives does to you. It challenges your perceptions. I say, should I start a candle line? <laughs> should Gaylords of Darkness start a home goods Unequivocally, line? yes. <laughs> we could have a candle with 666 wicks. <laughs> when we'll do one of these again you know when the mood strikes when the mood strikes when i finish season three or season five comes out or yeah. or i actually catch up and i finish season two of uh new jersey oh oh yeah 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 oh. <laughs> Ooh, the darkest season Oh, no, of all of them? Yeah, I think so. It's just got a sinister, it's got such a fucked up sinister vibe that it just feels like any episode could end in murder. It's wild. It's a, that's a wild season. Wow. Yeah, you'll have to watch that one. I can't wait. Well, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm working through season three. I'm still, I'm, I'm like literally on the reunion of Atlanta season three. I'm taking forever with that. Uh, Working through season one of New Jersey. I have to finish season six of Potomac. <laughs> Am yet to start the new Beverly Hills. And now I'm just anxiously awaiting more and more Miami as I work to finish that. Well, but you can catch our show about horror movies. Oh, right. Those. 
those Gaylords of Darkness on Wednesdays. Gaylordsofdarkness.com has all of our info. Uh, that's, that's it, right? Well, and if anyone wants to fund us to, to <laughs> only do Housewives of Darkness episodes every week and or day, uh... We are happily accepting any funding. We have a tip jar on the website. That's oh, all. there you go. <laughs> That's okay. all. Yeah. Love Real Housewives. God. It's, it's just, it's just, it's, this is, this is, this is what Euripides dreamt of. This is theater. I'm going to channel my Teresa energy now. I may have a blog, but I also have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Prostitution whore!